This morning, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy walked into a hospital. Oh, are we in the right place? Is this? We are. This is where it's going to happen. Okay. The governor was there to witness the first New Jersey resident to get vaccinated against COVID-19. Big moment, Thank huh? Thank you. Thank you for everything that you do for Listen, us, right? How about what you do for us? Uh, oh, that's true. <laughs> the first person was a nurse at the hospital named Maritza Beniquez. After she greeted the governor, she sat in a hospital chair waiting for the shot. While she waited, she had to answer some screening questions, like whether she had a fever in the last couple of days, if she'd recently been exposed to COVID, and her date of birth. Absolutely. My date of birth is December 15th, 1964. Birthday. 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 And then a nurse grabbed the syringe and administered the dose. Scenes like this are happening across the country this week as the first vaccine made by Pfizer is being rolled out. But it will be a while before there are enough doses to go around. So for now, hospitals are having to decide who gets the vaccine first. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Tuesday, December 15th. Coming up on the show, COVID vaccinations have started. How one hospital is rolling them out. This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people, for employees, for developers, and even your customers, removing frustration and supercharging productivity. On our intelligent platform, AI isn't just a promise. It's happening today. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Tap the banner to learn more or visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. How did it go this morning? Uh, it was fantastic. Dr. Sharif Elnahal is the president and CEO of University Hospital in Newark, New Jersey, which has about 3,500 employees. It was the site of the first COVID vaccination in the state. He was there this morning giving the governor a tour. New Jersey was hit hard early on in the pandemic, and the hospital that Sharif runs saw many of those patients. When I was walking through the corridors of this hospital in the spring, when uh, the New York metro area was the global epicenter of the pandemic. Uh, we had over 300 patients in this hospital with this disease, and almost every patient at that time in our hospital had COVID-19. And we were seeing things in healthcare that nobody should have to see, and hopefully nobody will have to see ever again. We had over 10 people dying every night at one point. We had, especially in the intensive care unit, people dying on healthcare workers, you know, every couple of hours. And you remember every patient death in a hospital when you're a healthcare worker. And the fact that that was happening so frequently to people who were doing everything they could for a disease that we knew very little about is just striking. And you also had 11 people die on your staff of coronavirus. We did, and the 11th person just passed away less than two weeks ago. And we celebrated her life in a town hall last Friday. 
And it was a striking reminder that even though we've made improvements in our ability to care for this disease, even though the mortality rate has gone down, it is still a deadly disease. And it is in particular a scourge on vulnerable communities and communities of color. So the timing of this vaccine against our emotions in this hospital right now for having lost yet another person couldn't be better. When did you start preparing for the vaccine to arrive and what did that preparation look like? So we've been working day and night to prepare for this moment. Uh, We have an operation that started just an hour ago that can vaccinate up to 600 people per day. And that doesn't happen by accident. We have an assembly line system, essentially, where folks are registered quickly. They're screened for symptoms. They're administered the vaccine. And importantly, they're observed for at least 15 minutes to make sure there are no adverse reactions. And then they're offboarded and told to come in exactly three weeks for their next injection. But all of that has to be connected to the logistics of a vaccine that requires ultra-cold storage, dry ice temperatures, negative 70 degrees Celsius. You can't go backwards in terms of refreezing those vaccines. So you have to be very careful about making sure that every vaccine is tied to an individual at the other end. What was the moment like when the first shipment of the vaccine arrived at your hospital? It was really meaningful. So uh, it was delivered in a delivery truck that anyone may recognize. And it was a box that was escorted with security to our pharmacy. And it was a box that's actually not that big. It's sort of a standard size cardboard box. But inside it had insulation and it had Bluetooth thermometers that could connect directly to uh, the state and ultimately to operation warp speed to make sure that every dose was accounted for. And we put the vaccines in our ultra-cold storage freezer in the presence of a CDC observer. And all of it is being carefully monitored to make sure that this very precious commodity uh, is cared for and ultimately delivered safely to somebody. How many doses did you get initially, and how did that compare to the need? We got 3,000 doses, so about 1,000 doses per tray, and we got three trays that are in our freezer now. We have more than enough to start vaccinating a good number of our employees. And in fact, we expect to get shipments every week. You obviously don't have enough doses to give it to everybody all at once. You have to make some rationing decisions about how that's given out. Can you talk about the planning process to figure out who gets the vaccine first? We're being careful not just to make sure that the highest risk people get it first, our ICU staff, our you know emergency room staff, our medical surgical units that care for COVID patients in particular, but also that we're not taking out too many staff at once from any particular unit. And that's important because there are side effects that can happen over the course of one to two days that may take somebody out of work if they're not feeling well. And so we don't want to compromise our staffing while we're in the middle of a second wave. What about other people that come in contact with those who may be infected with coronavirus, like janitorial staff, and others, porters who move people between rooms? You know, environmental service workers, food service workers, anybody, uh, unit clerks, folks that greet people at the door, security. These are all folks who interact with patients as a part of their job. And because uh, any patient may be carrying COVID-19, because there's a substantial percentage of people who carry it without symptoms, we are allowing all of those folks to get vaccinated. So uh, it's important to understand that it's not just the doctors and nurses. Maritza Benitez was the first person to get vaccinated this morning. How was she chosen to go first? It was important to us to pick somebody that represents a demographic that's been hard hit by this. Uh, Hispanic Americans in particular 
have had uh, sharp increases in cases, especially during the second wave, and especially here in Newark. Maritza, she was one of the first people to tell us that she was excited to get the vaccine. And I know for a fact that she has been in the trenches of this pandemic since the beginning. Uh, She's been here for four years. She's an influencer and leader in her own right in the emergency room. And she couldn't be more excited about the vaccine and, uh, you know, her eloquence and her knowledge and her firsthand experience of this pandemic uh, really couldn't be compared. So it was an easy choice for us. And we're so happy that she was able to deliver that message in both English and Spanish to our community. She told us right after she got it that I won't have to be afraid to go into a room anymore. I won't have to be afraid to perform chest compressions or to be present when they're intubating a patient and giving a breathing treatment that's necessary. I don't want to be afraid anymore. So I am elated. I thank you, Father God, for this moment. I noticed that there was at least one or two nurses who were giving out the vaccine shots to the five people this morning. When are the people who are giving the shots going to get the shot? It's very important for the vaccinators to be vaccinated. So they're all, by definition, part of that first wave of folks that we're going to be vaccinating. Uh, And they in particular need to be protected because they're going to be interacting with thousands of people every day and, you know, in close quarters uh, to be able to deliver the vaccine. And so that's a concept uh, our great health commissioner has made sure to emphasize to all the initial hospitals uh, getting the vaccine. And we're making good on that. When will you get the vaccine? So I was already privileged enough to be a Moderna vaccine trial participant. So I may have already gotten the vaccine. So we're going to hear in the next few days if that will be unblinded. That will be a decision of the principal investigators of the study nationally. So because I am not in the trenches nearly as much as so many others in our hospital, I will be waiting at least a few days. Because you participated in a trial and you don't know if you got the placebo or the vaccine. Exactly. Got it. As more of your staff gets vaccinated, will anything change about how the hospital operates? Will the nurses who have been vaccinated, will they have to work more shifts? Will it change how they interact with patients in any way? No, we will not be putting more work on folks who've been vaccinated while, you know, that process continues. And the reason is we now have 90 days worth of PPE at our hospital. We have infection control protocols that just keep better and better as the evidence comes out. And so we do think our healthcare workers are protected to the extent possible. And the last thing we would want to do is to, you know, take folks and overwork them at a time when people are exhausted. And that's one piece of feedback when I've been going around to the units talking about this vaccine uh, that folks have been telling me. You know, these are people who have gone first since the beginning and seeing patients and exposing themselves. And we're asking them to go first with this vaccine again. And that's an important reason why folks are hesitant. So the last thing we want to do is deter folks from getting the vaccine by saying you're going to have to do extra shifts and the like. But to get everyone vaccinated, it will take more than just not deterring people. It will also take some convincing. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Workday. Get the whole band together with Workday and pair finance and HR on one platform for an epic performance. 
With Workday AI at the core, you'll make confident decisions faster than ever. And you'll drive flawless business and finance operations with an agile platform that constantly evolves to future-proof your organization. Be a finance and HR rock star with Workday. Visit Workday.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by C3 AI. C3 Generative AI enables rapid access to secure, traceable, hallucination-free insights from enterprise systems, all while using any LLM, helping enterprises turn the invisible into the obvious. Learn more at c3.ai. Are you requiring staff to get vaccinated? We are not mandating this vaccine for a lot of reasons. The first and most important reason is that we want folks to not only be comfortable taking this vaccine, but to be advocates for it in the community. We know that the most trusted stakeholders within the healthcare system are the direct providers, the doctors, the nurses, the folks that our community know and trust with their own lives and their own healthcare. And if we're forcing people to do this, and that is conveyed negatively to the general population, that will do a lot to harm the effort overall. The second thing is because these vaccines are under something called an emergency use authorization, which is a conditional approval from the FDA, it's hard to find justifications to mandate it. So good reasons to not mandate it, but we hope we don't have to because of all the work we're trying to do setting the table with the community on this. You're not having to force them, but are you having to convince them at all? I know there was at least one poll that showed that one-third of Americans said they won't get the vaccine. There's a lot of convincing required. And, you know, frankly, especially in communities of color, that skepticism is not only understandable, it's justified based on the history of systemic racism in the medical establishment, how medical science has victimized, in particular, the Black community, starting with the time of slavery, when enslaved women were experimented on with surgeries, all the way up to and including the Tuskegee trials. These are examples that ring true with people to this day. And of course, those sentiments ring true in our hospital staff as well, even if they have advanced training in science, uh, health, and public health. It really has to do with an emotional connection that folks either have or don't have with the medical establishment. And that's trust that we need to earn. How have you tried to earn that? I mean, what have you said to your staff that's maybe a little bit hesitant to get the vaccine? Well, the first thing is to recognize and legitimize the sentiments that folks have on this. Again, these are people who have more relevant experience with this pandemic than I ever could because they've been in the trenches treating patients since the beginning. And so when you listen, you can really go to the sentiments at hand and you can address them directly. And I think by doing that, we're already seeing a sharp uptick in interest for the vaccine. You mentioned earlier that possible side effects impact how you're scheduling who gets the shots. Are you worried that those side effects might make people less likely to come back for their second dose? It's a very good question. And in a vacuum, of course, it would. But we are trying to get ahead of that uh, by explaining that, number one, the side effects are not likely to be severe. Uh, In fact, there were no severe adverse events at all in the 40,000 plus people who took the Pfizer vaccine in clinical trials. And contrasting that with short-term side effects, uh, which can happen with any vaccine, including the flu vaccine, which we've mandated in our hospital. All that said, the side effects are actually a sign that the immune system is responding and actually developing 
the immune response you want. And so when you explain that to folks, it actually gives a lot of people reassurance that they may get some mild side effects one to two days after the vaccine. When do you think all of your hospital staff will be vaccinated? Our hospital staff probably won't be vaccinated for at least a couple of weeks. And because we have to make sure things go well and we have to make sure that, you know, we're monitoring for side effects and complying with all of the reporting requirements to the Department of Health and to the CDC. And so because of that, we are focusing very closely on our own employees over the next several weeks. A couple of weeks still seems pretty fast. It is fast, and we have to move fast for a lot of reasons. There's a public health imperative. Folks have been waiting too long. Folks, they've been afraid for a long time to just simply do their jobs. And so that is a timeline that I hope we're going to be able to meet. So your hospital system has had the benefit of getting to go first in rolling out this vaccine to your staff. But there's going to be a lot of other businesses and organizations that are going to come after you that are going to also be probably wanting to get their staffs vaccinated. Are there any lessons from what you're doing that can be applicable to other kinds of operations? Absolutely. So the need to get in front of your employees early and do exactly what I was just describing around listening to sentiments, concerns, answering questions about the science and the side effects, which have been made clear by the clinical trials, that needs to be done now, well in advance of businesses obtaining the vaccine. Because if you don't, you're not going to be satisfied necessarily with the percentage of your employees who are willing to adopt it. In any given environment, you really need to shoot for that 70 to 80% threshold of herd immunity where the likelihood of transmission drops significantly. That is the most important thing people need to be doing. Making people convinced that they should be willing to get it is the most important thing to start with now. How do you want your staff and the community to think about this moment that we're in right now, this vaccine arriving and being administered? It is really a pivotal moment in public health. We've never seen a public health mobilization like this. And so this is really the first page of the last chapter of this pandemic, which is a really emotional moment for me, and I know what it is for our staff as well. But it's also health equity's moment to shine. This is a time when it will never be more obvious that Black and brown people in vulnerable communities getting vaccinated has a direct impact on your own health, no matter where you live and no matter who you are. And that's always been true across public health issues, but it's never been more apparent. Are you worried about anything right now? Is there anything that's keeping you up at night? I thought I was going to be more worried about the complex logistics of the Pfizer vaccine. But the thing I am most worried about is adoption. Because the public mission of convincing people to take this vaccine will be so complex and will require leadership at all levels, getting everyone mobilized that we can hand in hand on this will be critical. And so even though I am worried that we'll be able to get there as fast as I want, I'm also confident that we'll be able to do it because of all the outreach we've gotten just today, but also in the last several weeks as well. Dr. Alan Hall, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Appreciate it. Soon, even more doses of COVID vaccines may be on the way to hospitals around the country. Because today, the FDA found that Moderna's COVID vaccine is, quote, highly effective, setting the stage for its authorization for emergency use later this week.
That's all for today, Tuesday, December 15th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.